Welcome to Batcast 66, podcast where we watch every single episode of the 1966 Batman TV show and then talk about it. Today we're talking about the perfect crime. I guess it's the perfect crime. Mm-hmm. Originally aired March 16th, 1966, written by Stanley Ralph Ross and Lee Orgel. So I don't remember either of their names. Yeah, me neither. And directed by James Sheldon, who I also don't remember. Okay. And if you couldn't tell from the episode title, today is our introduction to Catwoman. So I know we mentioned we're pretty excited for that. Yeah, yeah. It is, uh, I guess, not the first time she's been talked about on the podcast since uh, we did our Batman Returns Christmas episode. But it's the first time she's appearing in the podcast proper. Yeah, in the in the... The TV show. Batman 66 fans know, should know. The series has three different Catwoman actresses. Yeah, not counting like stunt doubles. So we have the first one debuting here, Julie Newmar. Yeah, she plays Catwoman during seasons one and two. Should we talk about the other Catwoman now or should we just bring them up when we get to them? I guess we can bring them up as we get to them. Yeah, because it's going to be inevitable that we're going to end up comparing them to each other for sure but i haven't you know since this is the first time i've I've sat down and watched through this show and like basically ever uh everyone's my memory on the tv show cat women are a little hazy so i don't want to put pit them against each other you know or compare them to each other just yet yeah this is the first time i've seen an episode with the julie newmar cat woman this is my first experience with her Really, you never saw one by accident, like back in the day? No, I saw Eartha Kit, and of course the movie, Lee Merriweather. Kind of uh, exciting. In, I was I was pulling up some Catwoman, like of the history of the character and whatnot. Uh, stuff, because, you know, watching this is like, there's a lot of like modern Catwoman stuff in this. I was like, I wonder how much of this, how a lot of it was apparently like there from the beginning. But um, one of the pieces of trivia I saw is in season two of the show, she is the most commonly used villain. Interesting. Especially well, considering it took yeah. her so long to show up here. Yeah, and uh, so you're going to be seeing a bunch of Julie Newmar. Uh, oh, Ron, that's exciting. Well, like, in, in general, you know, we usually talk about our history with this villain in general in the Batman franchise. I don't think we got too deep in Batman Returns because there was a lot uh, to cover. We went kind of in-depth on the Michelle Pfeiffer version. Um, what do you think of Catwoman in general? Catwoman is a character I've had mixed feelings about. Yeah, I'm similar. So, well, I guess first off, let's bring up that this episode's airing right after Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's kind of a happy uh, accident. Yeah. Uh, or happy coincidence that we usually try to do a uh, holiday special. And just so happens we get like one of Batman's main love interests about the history of the character. Her first appearance just happens to be the same week as Valentine's Day. Yes, and her being a Batman love interest kind of ruins the character for me a little bit. Not saying that it's there's no chemistry. A lot of times there is a lot of chemistry, but I just... It depends on how it's done. I'm not opposed to it. The trouble is, is like when you do it in the comics, because it's so long-running, and they kind of always need to refer to the status quo, like... They almost just got married, but had to not get married for stupid reasons. But you know what I mean? Like, it's always contrived. 
Versus like in yes. other media, sometimes like them getting together, I, I like that more. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you've listened to our Batman Returns episode, you know I'm a, I'm a fan of that Catwoman. I'm not. And honestly, there's not many versions of Catwoman I'm not a fan of, but well, I guess my big connection is that movie and the Batman animated series. Yeah, she's okay in Batman the Animated Series. Like, I never was like, oh no, a Catwoman episode. But I feel like they don't, didn't you? I feel like she was underutilized in that show, like looking back at it now. Yeah, and I think. Because she is such an important Batman. Yeah, and I just don't see. I think they fail in that series, like giving her and Batman chemistry. I agree. Like, considering how, like, Batman acts in that show like he's he has no real sympathy for the villain the criminal yeah but he like has this attraction to Catwoman just because that's what the writers want like it just doesn't work for me yeah I also feel that way too but you know like there's there's iterations I, I, I found in thinking about my experience with Catwoman in preparation for this I think I like her as not a main character more than when she is the main character. Like Gotham city sirens is a really good book where that's more of an ensemble one. Um, I really like her in like the Jeff Loeb, Tim sale stuff. Um, I really like her in the Harley Quinn animated series. Um, but like, she's a supporting character in most of that stuff. And like, I enjoy her. I mean, to be fair in Harley Quinn, like Batman's also a supporting character. So them being together is not like the focus of that show. Am I misremembering or did you have that uh, Darwin Cook? Yeah, I, that one's okay. I really, I picked it up just because I'm such a fan of Darwin Cook. Um, I didn't dislike that book, but it's one of those ones that doesn't stick out in my memory other than her costume and the art I really liked. Like that's my oh. favorite Catwoman costume. Oh yeah, very, very cool. I was just saying, there's a lot of elements with like the 60s version of it here. Just like a more yeah. practical version of that one. I, I really like this 60s costume. So do I. It's cool. It's uh, kind of like the right mix of like being like a cat burglar and then being like a campy themed villain. Yes. Yeah. The most boring costume is probably like the, the Batman or uh, the Dark Knight Rises. That said, I really like how they used her in the Batman the, with Zoe Kravitz. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's really good. It's one of the better Batman like pieces of media I've seen in a while. Yeah, I maybe I went into it with a chip on my shoulder too. Was like, this is good. It's maybe just, we need to do an episode where it's just Kendall finally watches the Batman. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I like her a lot in Hush. I think she's her oh, ambiguity yeah. as like hero and villain is utilized really well yeah i like her in hush too but i was thinking about that because that's also like she's a supporting character in that story yeah yeah i, I think that's where like like that's the sweet spot for me for her she's just one of those criminals who is always walking the line and is like almost a good guy and then gets sucked back into criminal activity well she's a bad guy but doesn't mean she's a bad guy you know, like I think they play with that in the the Batman TV, like the animated series, where like she's not a villain but she's a thief. But, so I do get that, but 
I feel like Batman, Batman is so hard on other criminals who aren't actively hurting anybody. So, like, as we see in this episode, like, Catwoman breaks into a museum and steals some statues. And well, like, guess, yeah, I guess we'll get into that, but I think th- this Catwoman is, like, unapologetically, like, evil. For sure. Yeah. But, like, she does, that's, like, a thing she does in a lot of Batman media. And it's well, a yeah. thing other criminals do, too. And he beats the crap out of them. Well, I mean, I think some of that might also be, like, standards and practices. Like, I don't think they could have gotten away with Batman punching her in this. Not saying he needs to punch her. I don't want to see Batman. No, no, I don't don't think that's what you're saying. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he could go as hard as he would if this was the Joker. Yeah, she just gets a pass. And when your comic book has been running for a thousand issues or however, it just gets... There's no reason she should have a pass anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I like that um in this at least in this story so far, they're not doing the will they won't they thing. I know they do that in the movie, uh, but we can get into that when we talk about the movie. But at least with the movie, like it also gives Bruce Wayne, like Adam West, something to do that is not Batman. Yes. Yeah. And like and I, I, I think it's done in the movie great. Yeah, I think so too. They have a slightly more complicated scheme. And that where like Bruce Wayne like factors into it. Yes. So they need to do stuff with him. <clears throat> but yeah, I, Catwoman's a, a mixed bag for me. Yeah. I, I don't dislike her. I guess she's probably my favorite. No, I guess she's like my second favorite female Batman villain. I guess I like Poison Ivy more. You know, I, I like she's got a more interesting motivation and power set. But I do like Catwoman and I... I don't dislike this version like thus far. We just we've just started seeing Julie Newmar's Catwoman. Yeah. And I mean, from what I remember of the other two, this Catwoman's pretty cool. Yeah. I remember correctly, like because for a long time when I was a kid, I didn't realize she was played by a different actress than Julie Newmar in the movie. So if I remember correctly, they're gonna be kind of similar portrayals. Yeah, Eartha Kit is the radically different one. Yeah, and not just in, like, skin color. She acts very differently, which is cool. Yeah. She acts like Eartha Kit. Yeah, well, she, she brings, like, she, she she brings plays it up to 11, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Julie Newmar, have you seen her in anything else? The only other thing I've seen her in, um, I don't have the episode in front of me, but she's in an episode of Star Trek, the original series. Um, where I, I remember it was a like McCoy heavy up, like focused episode. Um, cause she plays like a pregnant alien race, like alien person. They go like out of the way, like, oh, they look human, but by like in here, like inside, they're totally different. And she tried to like help her give birth because it's, you know, silly that everyone in the universe is just a white person. <laughs> uh, yeah, Friday's child. Is what it's called. The character I, I had to have seen that episode, but heck, if I remember it, <laughs> that's all I remember. And I remember because McCoy's my favorite of the original series crew. So I was like, "Oh, it's a cool one." It says, and I was like, "Oh, that's Julie Newmar. She's Catwoman." And that's the only other thing I've seen her in. Yeah, I haven't seen her in anything else. Any of these other programs? Should we just get into it then? Yeah, let's get into it.
Alright, so the perfect crime. It's midnight in Gotham City, as it is once a day. Uh, and evil is afoot at the Gotham City Art Museum. There's a guard on patrol, and he hears a cat out of nowhere. Oh no. So he draws his gun, because I guess it's weird that there's would be a cat. And I, I guess to be fair, like there is a woman named Catwoman who uses a cat to steal stuff. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she's been mentioned many times throughout the series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess he was right to draw his gun. It gets whipped out of his hand, and then a just normal-sized black cat like pounces on him, on him. Um, and so this knocks him me, down. This gave me my first uh, thing. It's like, when did Catwoman get her whip? Because I don't know why that feels like a modern thing. But she's had it since her first appearance. Uh, she's had a whip because it's a cat of nine tails. Uh, that makes sense. This is Batman number one, 1940. So I was like, okay, I guess it's just always been a thing. But I, I yeah. thought maybe it was like, oh, you know what? Maybe this, did having a whip come from like lion taming. But no, she just always had one. Yeah, so I don't think I mean, it really helps you like steal stuff. I know Indiana Jones uses a whip and he steals stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just the classic like adventure thing. It's, it's just falling out of favor because this stuff is so old. I mean, the Cat of Nine Tails connection makes sense, right? It does. Yeah, because, of course, you know, if you got you add, you add the puns for these characters. But this cat, you have cats, I have yeah. cats. They've never knocked me down. Um, I mean, I've had some big cats, like, not, not big cats like lions and tigers, but like large domesticated cats like jump on me. But yeah, no, I, I don't think I would have been bowled over. Maybe he was surprised? I don't know. Even still, like... I mean, obviously, it's just he was supposed to get knocked out of the script. <laughs> he did. A gloved hand decorated with cat claws where the fingernails would be slices a hole in the glass casing of this uh, cat statue that's on display at the museum and uh, reaches in, takes the statue, and oh, we no. cut Here's what happens. First, she taps the glass with a hammer, I think, to see where like its weak spot is. Then she cuts that hole, that hole, and then she just hits it with a hammer. So like, you could have just smashed your way in and been fine. <laughs> it's not like doing that prevented any like alarm from going off. Oh, but it was cool. I'm not saying it wasn't cool. I just my my notes say only a master thief uses a hammer to get through glass. That makes sense that she was looking for a weak spot with the hammer. Yeah, that's what I assume. I mean, it was just the middle of it anyway, but... Well, we cut to police headquarters. You know the deal. Gordon O'Hara are like, ah, who would steal this statue? Yeah, she stole uh, a cat statue. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yeah, it was a golden cat statue. Yeah. An odd-looking man has uh, left a delivery for the commissioner. Uh, it's a box with a kitten and a newspaper in it. Yeah. I wrote, I wish criminals just gave me kittens. Uh, although I also wrote, isn't this kind of like a form of animal abuse, though? Like, just putting it in the box. And Definitely. Yeah, yeah this cat woman has, like, probably the worst relation with, like, feline animals of any of the cat women. <laughs> yeah, she uses them a lot in her in her schemes. But, like, I mean, we'll get more into them as we, as we see them, but like, she's just throwing cats at people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the newspaper has a picture of uh, Mark Andrews, I think his name was. Yeah. 
Uh, he is the owner of two golden cat statues. Uh, and there's a picture of him in the newspaper clipping holding them. Mm-hmm. And one of the cat statues is X'd out. Now, us viewers know that one of them was stolen, so... Yeah, presumably that's the one. Yeah. Finally, it all clicks for the commissioner. It's got to be Catwoman behind this. We cut to Wayne Manor. And Bruce and Dick are playing 4D chess? No, I don't... Because I wrote, what the fuck kind of chess is that, is one of my notes. (laughs) I think it's just four games of chess stacked on top of each other. Weird. I mean, you were in chess club. You ever seen anything like this? Never. I mean, there's like tri-level chess in Star Trek, but that's like a real game you can play. But like, it's apparently it, that's like one game. This is like four complete boards like stacking each other. Yeah, don't know what that's about. Let's see if a quick Google search gives us anything. Well, so, so there's three-dimensional chess where your pieces can move. So maybe they were they were playing some form of that game from Star Trek. It's possible. Know. Like I'm trying to wrap my head around this description, and I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I think it'll take a little more than us just glancing while recording yeah. a podcast that's not about chess. I don't think I could get my head around it to begin with. I'm pretty bad at regular 1D chess. <laughs> uh, Alfred shows up. They get the call. You know what it is. Song and dance. Yeah. Aunt Harriet has milk and cookies. They tell her they'll eat their snack later. Mm-hmm. The dynamic duo get to police headquarters, and Mark Andrews is there. Uh, and he's telling them that the second cat is on display at the Gotham City Exposition. Which exposition is kind of a fun name, because... They're using it as exposition, like the writing tool. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Chief O'Hara offers to put some cops on the stake out there, because naturally that's where Catwoman would strike next. Of course. Batman says no cops. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He thinks too many cops will tip off Catwoman that they're on to her and she won't make her move. And that's but, a fair. Oh God. Yeah, so that, I think that's a fair thing to think. Oh yeah, for sure. Batman's not even sure that she's really going to strike there. He he kind of thinks that the lead might be false, but nevertheless, they they head over. Yeah. Before they drive off, they get into the Batmobile, and Robin doesn't buckle his safety belt. Yeah, I, I have a note that I want to talk about this. This is my favorite kind of thing the show does. Like, ultra square Batman. Like, listen, one day one day soon you're going to be driving. And one day you're going to drive the Batmobile and maybe other vehicles. And you have to do, like, be a good citizen and do, you know, be, like, an example of all this stuff. And his wife was like, and then Rob's like, oh, gosh, Batman, you're always right. Like, I, I, don't, I love ultra corny Batman. It's so great. Yeah. Definitely uh, morally driven. Yeah. But he is right. You should, even though Robin's like, we're only in a couple of blocks, you should still wear your seatbelt. Especially with the way they drive. Yeah, they drive like maniacs. They don't even have a roof on their car. Yeah, Robin could go flying. Yeah. 
Like a Robin. Like a Robin do. We cut to Catwoman's hideout. It is uh, Gato and... And shot. Yeah, Gato and shot fur company. Which I got really excited because it's like, oh, I know both of those are cat in some other language. It's Spanish and French. Yeah. Yeah. So I got really excited. I was like, oh, it's like, I knew a thing. Yeah. And you know what? Oh, God. The payoff of this yeah. pays off a season long story that's been happening. Oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, don't get too excited. We'll get there. Catwoman's two henchmen, Leo and Felix, are wondering why she doesn't sell this statue. Catwoman's entrance here is so cool because we've seen her hands. Anyone had so far? Yeah, we we've seen her hands, but we haven't seen the rest of her at this point. All the lights in the hideout are down low, and she comes walking in. Her face is obscured. And she's telling the the goons it's not their place to question her methods. Yeah, it's just really cool. She sits in a chair and clicks on a light, and we finally see her face. And it's a good one. What are the other entrances? I guess the first time we see the Joker, he's he's just playing, playing baseball. softball or yeah, yeah, baseball. Yeah, uh, Riddler doesn't he just show up? Yeah, I think he just shows up. I think, granted, we get a riddle before... Actually, there's, I guess there's a little build-up. Penguin's just there. Like, everyone's just kind of there. Yeah. Mildred the Great was in, like, a disguise and robbing a bank. So at least that was something, but... This is the coolest entrance someone's, anyone's gotten so far. Catwoman asks Leo if he got the books from the library. We don't know what that means, but he, he confirms that he's got them. Yeah, she's obviously yes. got a greater scheme than just taking cat statues. For sure. She makes sure Felix, who is an odd-looking man, she makes sure that he made his delivery to the commissioner's office. Yeah. Which uh, us viewers know that he did. And yeah, everything seems to be ready to go for her plan. Her goons leave, and we see that one of the books she has talks about a story called The Lost Treasure of Captain Manx, mm -hmm. which Manx is a type of cat, right? I believe so. Yeah, it's a breed of cat. And uh, the, the two cat statues are somehow related to this treasure. Possibly. That's mm -hmm. her theory anyway. At the Batcave, Robin and Alfred begin recharging the Batmobile with the atomic pylon thing. Yeah, which is cool. It's the first time we see this, right? I think so. I know they mentioned that the, that atomic like nuclear reactor is the power of the Batmobile. Which like yeah. this scene was really cool. Also because it made me think about the Simpsons and about how Batman's a scientist. I so, don't know what you're talking about. There's an episode called Marge versus the Monorail, where like they build a monorail in town, but like it's like all the corners are cut, so like it's kind of going uh, off the one rail uh, at during its maiden voyage. And like we need a scientist, and Homer's like, "Can you get Batman?" She's like, "No, no, stop!" Or it's I found a scientist. You're like, "Is it Batman?" She's like, it's not Batman. It's like Batman's a scientist, but like he kind of is. He kind of is like this version of him, yeah, especially. 
Because, yeah, he starts doing, like, some sort of, making some sort of potion or something. And he yeah. uses nuclear exhaust from the Batmobile. Yeah, so they're siphoning off, yeah, that nuclear exhaust. Oh, no, they're getting the radiation off of it, that's yeah, and he's he's basically making a radioactive, like a low radioactive spray. Yeah, which is good because they mentioned they're going to do like basically they're going to it can be something the Batmobile can trace. So they'll put it on the the other cat statue. Catwoman happens to get it; they can follow her. Yeah, uh, pretty good plan. I'm curious if they ever use this idea for anything ever again. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, they don't always know what the next target's going to be. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but we'll try to keep that in mind and see if they do it again. Yeah, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of opportunity for it. Batman and Robin head over to the Gotham City Exposition. Mm -hmm. They cut the line as they're there for uh, police business. Again, this is another one of those scenes I really like. As the ticket taker, who is Leo in disguise... As he ushers them in, Batman stops and he, he says that they'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. they got to pay just like any normal citizen. Yeah, I, I love that stuff because he's like, oh, you must be on official business. Let me let you in so you can go be Batman. No, I pay like everybody. I, you know, that's what keeps this. That's what keeps these exhibitions and in, in like open and for the public and stuff. I was like, it's so funny. It's so and it's so unique to this version of Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes it so charming. Felix is a little nervous about the plan. And I guess that's his like shtick, huh? He's like a nervous, like a scaredy cat. And oh, Leo's yeah, yeah. a brave yeah. cat. Yeah, they're scaredy cats. <laughs> Doesn't she have a third guy? I don't think he gets a name. Uh, I have not watched the second episode. Uh, I think there's only three guys. I know they say Felix and Leo. I was trying to keep track of their names. I was like, you heard Felix first, and I was like, oh, is the other one going to be like Garfield and Heathcliff? Uh, <laughs> but I don't think those guys existed yet. I wonder. Obviously, Leo the lion, like, that's a common, like, lion thing. That's the constellation. Yeah. yeah. And uh, MGM's lion is named Leo. Yeah. And, like, Felix the cat was a thing as a cartoon character. Yeah, I do love Felix the Cat. He's a cool guy. Got a magic bag sometimes. Sometimes. Batman's misting the cat with that radioactive stuff. Uh, hopefully everyone at this museum doesn't develop cancer or something. Well, I think they mentioned something about like it's, it's a very low dose, but you still want to be careful. Batman and Robin are staking this statue out. The exposition closes and they're just hanging out doing rounds. Uh, we check in on them a little bit in the future as they, they've been there for a moment. And Batman says he's going to check all the exits again just to make sure nothing's going on. He tells Robin that he will return in three minutes and 20 seconds. So specific. So specific. But while he's gone, Robin gets jumped by a cat. Yeah. The same cat that was in the other museum. And you know what? I think this one, like, its nails are poisoned or something, or its claws are poisoned or something, because Robin goes down and is, like, paralyzed. Maybe that's what happened to the guy the first time around. Yeah, so Batman, Batman confirms that. Yeah. 
But again, whenever they go to like a set you've never seen before, look at all the fun stuff that you could be like slamming to people and destroy. Is that what's about <laughs> to happen? Yeah. So Robin's kind of out of commission here. Because I was like, ah, oh, just two goons. Because Catwoman doesn't really bite, at least not here. So I was like, ah, oh, two goons doesn't seem like enough to take on Batman. But maybe with Robin out of the fight, they stand a chance. There's a fight scene. Batman wins, of course. Yeah, you know, it's a non-monopia fight, which are always fun when you get them early. Yeah, and they destroy all the stuff in this, <laughs> in this exposition. <laughs> These priceless artifacts. Yeah. Which is so yeah. funny, considering how insistent Batman was on paying his entry. I think to be... I mean, they probably have insurance, uh, and but, like, I can see the Wayne Foundation wanting to like picking up the tab or something but still like they're, they're they are priceless like it's all like ancient stuff yeah so wild yeah but yeah uh after they well while they're fighting i think calvin's like snatches up the statue and gets out yeah, yeah. everyone gets away batman attends to robin gives him the universal antidote pill that's come up a couple times yeah which I'm glad. I'm so happy they like remember that that's a thing. Yeah, because that's a pretty powerful tool. Yeah. So we find out at the uh, Gato and Chat Fur Company that Catwoman is setting a trap for Batman here. Yeah. Like she knows if she's making this move, Batman's coming after her. And she does something with the cats on her table. Like she puts them like back to back and puts a piece of paper over them and starts like. Tracers yeah, like making an etch, etching out of them or something. Yeah. So clearly they do something together. Because she doesn't yeah. seem to be worried if they take the cats back. It's very cool. I, I like this scheme here. Yeah. Batman and Robin are able to trace the statue. They get to the Gato and Chat Fur Company and... Yeah, Robin then mentions that what that that's cat in two different languages. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I would have found out anyway if I didn't know that. <laughs> but so that's like the season long thing, right? Like how many languages French 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 yeah. Yeah. Like he's just always like, oh, languages, they're so hard. And then after Versus he says that stuff, like Batman's like, this is why it's worth learning, you know, learning this stuff. Yeah. So pretty yeah. cool that they kind of work that in. I agree. Batman is pretty certain that they're walking into a trap. So instead of opening the door or kicking it down, they use the bat beam. The bat beam. Have they used this before? I think they did. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I wasn't surprised to see it. In case they haven't, or in case uh, listeners like me forget, an antenna comes out of the Batmobile. Yeah. Shoots a laser beam. Yeah, shoots like a cartoon lightning bolt. Just blows up the door. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, why don't they use this more often? Yeah, just this weapon of mass destruction. And it also, I, I feel like that alone makes sense why the Batmobile is like nuclear powered. Yeah, it's atomic. You know, I might be thinking like they kind of have like a handheld like laser sometimes. That might be what I'm thinking. I know yeah, that like he just, like, heat ray in his utility belt. Yeah. Yeah, that might be what I'm thinking. But I feel like they might have used this before. Yeah. Anyway, 
it blows up the door and they're like, ah, it was booby trapped after all. Because it explodes. Yeah. So they walk in and where the hole in the wall is, a secret door slides, locking them in this room. They're not there for long, though, because a trap door then opens under their feet. Mm-hmm. So this is where I put I put my note in this. I was like, this is where I was starting to really notice, like, this episode looks really cool. Like, there's a lot of fun cinematography and, like, playing with lights and stuff. And I'm like, this is a cool, like, a cool-looking episode. Yeah, right? And there's a lot of, like, like, this set is, like, insane. Yeah. Oh, wait. So before the trap door... Oh, yeah, yeah. Robin is like, oh, good thing we used the bat beam. We might have been killed. Yeah. And the Batman's like, or worse. And I'm just, I'm so curious as to what that, what he's implying. Well, so the or worse, uh, like at least in the regular DC comics, like Batman knows about all of like the multiverse and like the different afterlives and shit. Like, <laughs> I don't think this Batman does. Well, like, there could be worse things that happen to you. You could be, like, come catatonic. But also, the Catwoman thing, you know. Yeah. So. I don't know. Just being dead? That's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good. So, trap door opens. They go falling into this room with, like, spiked walls. And, yeah, uh, and I looked at my watch when this is happening. This, is, this seems like, you know, the end of episode, like, cliffhanger. I'm like, they got a lot of time left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the walls are closing in, and Batman tells Robin to get to the ground. He's going to try to force the, the walls apart with root strength. Yeah. I mean, I guess As what he's going to do, like, I would probably throw one of my bat bombs at it and try to like, make a hole in the wall. Yeah, use that cutting torch. Yeah. Man, this one's closing up real fast, like way faster than Star Wars and stuff. Yeah, that's true. It's all for nothing, though. The spikes are just rubber. Yeah. I wrote in my notes, this seems more like a Joker trap, like that's some sort of joke. That's true, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't get this whole, like, taunting thing going on here. And I thought maybe they're going to play it up where, like, it's like they, like, Batman and Catwoman, like, like each other kind of thing, which is why she's, like, taunting them. But they mentioned, like... It's like a cat and mouse game and stuff. I think that's more just what they were going for. Robin yells holy ice picks as yeah. the walls are closing in. I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then doesn't uh, Robin get sucked up in a Willy Wonka tube now? Not quite yet. Okay. First, a little like cat door, like that would be on your like back door leading to your yard. Oh yeah. It's open and Felix throws a bomb in yeah, there. Yeah, one of those like round cartoon bombs that some days you uh, just can't get away get rid of. Yep. Yeah. And Batman picks it up to try to like disarm it. And a little flag pops up and it says meow on it. Again very like, Joker esque. Very Joker. Very United Underground. And yes, it's here where a Willy Wonka tube sucks Robin up out yeah. of the room. Uh, so yeah, for the that's the last we see of Robin, right? Yeah, we don't know where he goes. Yeah, he's just gone. Like Catwoman makes some jokes about how like she's gonna pluck his throat because you know it's a cat and a bird. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, Catwoman is gonna give Batman a chance to stop her though. We get a classic 
doors number one and two situation. Yeah. Well, she keeps saying, like, pick the right door, and I'm right behind it. So I'm like, does she actually want him to pick the door on the right or not? So I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And I wonder yeah, if she that kept calling it the right door and the wrong door, I think. I mean, Batman does pick the right door. Yeah, but it's the wrong door. She got did reverse psychology like a cat. Reverse psychology. Yeah, I mean, I guess she's not the uh, the Riddler, so yeah. she could play a little dirty. Before Batman picks a door, though, she asks him if he's a betting man. Yeah. To which he replies, "I never gamble." <laughs> like you gamble with your life every day, Batman. Maybe he's so confident that he doesn't see it that way. Yeah. Anyway, behind one door is Catwoman waiting to be arrested. Behind another door is a tiger. Yeah. As we said, Batman picks the right door, and wouldn't you know it? It's the wrong door. There's a tiger. It's there. And then this is our episode cliffhanger. Yeah. Batman's in deep trouble he's i guess he's gonna have to fight a wild animal next episode yeah i've got uh things to say about about that yeah i haven't watched it yet i'm curious how he gets out of it does he have bat repellent tiger spray that would have been funny or rather tiger repellent bat spray uh i love the stinger at the end oh yeah because this is really cool yeah as it always does, it invites viewers to join them tomorrow night. And here we get a uh, same cat time, same cat channel. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Well, first I was like, I didn't realize that's what he's like. I wasn't paying attention. I was like, did he say same cat time? And I looked up. He sure did. So yeah, what, what did you think of this episode? I think it's a solid start. I think they set up a potentially interesting second half. Obviously, that's a cool cliffhanger with Batman versus a tiger. But like, what happened to Robin? What's Catwoman's real plan? What's like the history of Gotham City and uh, Captain Manx got to do with anything? You know? Yeah. So, but like, but like, even then, there was still like a fight scene with goons. Like, villain got to do a bunch of stuff. You know, they got the upper hand on Batman and Robin like at least twice. You yeah. Got a big death trap. You know, there was fun stuff happening. So, a lot of these two-part episodes the villains have two-part plans. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is kind of... This one does the best job of, like, alluding to it. Yeah, like, kind of setting it up. Like, it's yeah. obviously... this plan. Her plan, obviously, is in stages. Because she had to steal each of the cats. Yeah, um, but Fallspace's plan was apparently in stages. He said that this is stage one. Yeah. When he stole that crown. But... That was nothing. Yeah. And like the Riddler never made good on his lawsuit. This one makes a lot of sense. The lawsuit one's the most disappointing one. Catwoman could potentially get whatever info she needs from these statues, hide that information somewhere, go to jail. Yeah. And then next time she breaks out or is on parole, like get what she's really after. Yeah, but I'm sure she'd rather avoid going to jail because she could, she could just in theory kill Batman and Robin right now. She very much could. Yeah, she's had a couple chances, but those were just jokes. 
Yeah, I don't think that Tiger, you can stop him from killing Batman and Robin like that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Me too, me too. Speaking of next episode, what's that called? Uh, Better luck next time. Please join us here for Better Luck Next Time next week. Same cat cast time, same cat cast channel.